This is my dream come true. <laughs> Quality Check Podcast, <laughs> where we rev your engines <laughs> for more than 20 years and 10 films. <laughs> this is the greatest. <laughs> Thank you for joining Quality Check Podcast. I am one of your drivers, Daniel Posey, imitating the best. Ben Diesel. <laughs> no. Joining me in the driver's seat is Drew Douglas. Oh man, I I don't think I got Vin from that. I'm doing my best. I I feel like it's. I don't know what he is. It's not that though. <laughs> He's I don't know. He's in a league of his own. That's for sure. Because, man, I'm just something about hearing. And thank you for joining us, listeners. If you can't tell, we're going to be talking about. Fast 10 or Fast X or FX or whatever the heck you want to call the 10th film in the Fast and Furious franchise. Nonetheless, I have gone down this rabbit hole listening to Vin Diesel talk, and it's just like I get in a trance. And then... Oh, it's it's mesmerizing. That guy's amazing. I watch him, and he is sold on everything he says and what he he's, believes. He's a true believer, and it's fascinating to see someone so high on their own supply, yet I... <laughs> find him endearing and i i look forward to these movies and i do like you mentioned this is fat i we've been calling it fast x but youtube or not youtube wikipedia is quick to clarify it's pronounced fast 10 which i understand why but i still like fast x yeah that's better Can we just call it fast x yeah i mean it's one of those like choices that uh, like this franchise has been all over the place with the naming convention of their movies the last one F9, the Fast Saga. What? Where did that come from? I mean, I get F9, but like, and then the one that, right before that it's was... It's not creative, though. Yeah. Fate, Fate, of, the Fate of the Furious was the most creative. Kind of, yeah. I, I feel like they should have been leaning into that Yeah, for but, a long time now, which they have not done. The uh, this, this is one of those, I feel, and you said that with Vin being like, so even though it sounds strange it's almost like a paradox he's a paradox version of himself where it's almost like he's like tooting his own horn or honking his own horn how about that um but then with that he also seems so genuine like there was one interview he was a part of the guardians cast and he it was in paris and they were all going down this line asking all of the actors in that movie, what they thought, and then he got to Vin, and then he literally stopped the interview. And then I couldn't tell if he's <laughs> making people mad on that panel or not, but he was like, I just want to say thank you to all the fans <laughs> for being dedicated for years. And he goes on like this for like yeah. what feels like five minutes, and it's like, all right, get on with it. But then it's like, wait a second. If he's been being genuine, that's cool. I mean, and well, then he's a, he's a businessman. He knows that. He did. He I saw an interview on Kelly Clarkson where he did the same thing where he kept thanking the fans, <laughs> and they were they were losing their minds like it was Oprah giving away cars. At the same time, though, that's awesome because then, like in this uh, the Paris interview that I am referencing, he started like he started with that, and then he went back to the question. He's like, "Okay, now I'll answer your question," and then he answers it. <laughs> But he does it in such a way where he's like... You're just like, shut up, Vin. We get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
after every answer, or before every answer, rather, he would do that to some degree. He's like, just thank you. I can't thank you enough. I don't know if I, I guess I believe it that he's like that, but what is he like? Like if I met him on the street and I was like, hey, you know, Vin, I I love your work. Would he be that genuine or would he tell me to F off? I don't, I like, I could see both things happening. I don't know what to believe with him. And you can tell with his interviews too, he's radically different than his character in the Fast and the Furious. So he, yeah, he is acting. A lot of people knock on his acting. Yeah. He is acting. He can and, act. Uh, yeah, he can. And it's also interesting to see the different variations of, like him as Dom Toretto, him in the Pitch Black series, him in the Triple X series. And by the way, I know, well, we'll get to that, but there's something where I'm like, it would be awesome if we get a tie-in with another franchise with Vin. But I mean, that it's, it's just fascinating. Watching this man kind of blows my mind and I love it, but I'm also slightly confused by it every single time I watch an interview. <laughs> I got to give him credit, though. I mean, this is something that was built basically from the ground up. Yeah. And it's carried on for this insane amount of time, and it still does really well. And it's hard not to give Vin and company some mad props. I feel like you and I are big fans of this franchise. We've, I hate to say we've been defenders of the series, but I feel like, I know people that crap on this series, and I'm like, no, when it's good, it's great. Yeah. And it is a massive, big-budget soap opera where we're invested in the story doing since, what, 2001? Yeah. Which is crazy. I We talked about this on the Fast Podcast. I remember seeing that in 2001 in theaters. I was in high school, and I'm now a 37-year-old man. Still seeing these <laughs> in theaters, and uh, he's doing the Lord's work. <laughs> Every time one of these comes out, it's like, I can't wait. This one looked terrible, but I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be there. I'm excited. It it looked bad, but at the same time, it's interesting because we also are coming from a an engine that's cooling from F9, the Fast Saga, because... That one was just like, it was petering out. It was like a golf cart engine and a car, you know. And so that one was, um, was, it's interesting because like, you know, we talked about that one on the show. And um, and so I'm, now I'm really curious to, to hear what you have to say, especially like you said, with us being somewhat defenders because these it's exactly what you described it, how you described this franchise, but they're fun. They can be just like fun movies. And I mean, like I was talking to my family yesterday before watching this. And then my dad started laughing because he's never been like, he never got into this. And my mom's like, Oh, like that could be fun. I'm like, that's the thing that it is fun. But like before I was always like crapping on this. And then it was during the pandemic, and I went and did a rewatch leading up to F9. I'm like, that's when I started, like, my eyes were open in terms of there's a lot of fun stuff. There are a lot of moments in this where now I get it. 
it totally makes sense now why this is such a huge franchise. And then especially like something like Fast Five, which I don't want to repeat myself too much because we've already covered these movies. But that is truly one of like the best action movies ever made. And they, they kind of flip the script in terms of it's a heist movie, which is a lot of fun. And then mm-hmm. wisely, maybe unwisely, they circle back to Fast Five with Fast X, where we're... yeah you know, bringing in new characters that are somehow connected to the previous movies. I mentioned the trailers for this being, I think, underwhelming. Fast 9, I wasn't big on. I've only seen it the one time. Um, rewatching this new one, I, I guess I have a, a bigger desire to, to go back to Fast 9 to see if it's maybe a little better. But I went into this, you know, excited because it's a fast movie. You know what you're signing up for. But I wasn't like counting down the days this isn't one of my most anticipated movies um i i guess i want to know did you like this because i walked away going well it wasn't as stupid as i expected (laughs) i think it's better than the last two movies yeah i was pleasantly surprised at how much i enjoyed it it's two basically two and a half hours i didn't feel the length in any way it's super silly, it's far-fetched, but somehow it feels more connected to the OG movies, maybe one through six, one through five, in a way that I really appreciated. There's crazy stuff in this, but it somehow feels restrained in a way that they're kind of easing back sure. the throttle a little bit, just a little bit. I, I agree with everything that you said, and I would even go as far as to say that this reminded me more of Furious 7 than any of the other movies, and there are some bombastic things that they do, and I think that just, you know, the series is known for that, swinging for the fences, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. In this case, I think it does most of the time there are a few things that i'm like what in the world but (laughs) this is where too the movie going experience helps because literally sitting next to me was and i couldn't figure out if it was like a sister and her brother or what but it was obviously like an older if it was a sister then it was an older sister you know and then uh, they were literally sitting directly to my left, and then empty seat to my right, and then there was a couple sitting, you know, just past that. And they, both of them had very different reactions, and I mainly reacted the same as the lady that sat to my left, but it was like, with that, it gave a different experience, and it made it more fun because they were into it. Like, they knew what movie they were going in to watch, So they're going to have fun with it. And that's what I would end up saying. Like these movies, if you go into it knowing this is the movie or the type of movie you're going to get, you're going to enjoy it. That's why I don't know if it's going to be divisive or not. I thought this was a damn good time. Oh, no, I think you're I'm surprised that the Rotten Tomatoes score is 55 percent in dropping. I'm not surprised by that, but I will say I I. If we're doing loves, hates for the overall movie, I would say I love it. Like, there's a lot here that it takes me back to not just Fast Five, but there is that Fast and Furious Six, 
And then also Furious 7. There's a lot of stuff that reminds me of Furious 7. Off the top of your head, what is your favorite Fast and Furious movie? Just so we can... Furious 7. Yeah, that's mine too. That and and then Fast 5. Just because James Wan directed the crap out of that movie. Oh, it's amazing. And it's the final Paul Walker. The ending's amazing. It makes me tear up every single time. My number three is maybe a wild card because that's where I have Tokyo Drift. Maybe me too, yeah. Incredibly underrated movie. Um, I was just looking at my rankings right now. I kind of trashed on Fast 9, obviously, and Fast 8. I have Fast 8 as number six. Uh, above Too Fast, Fast and Furious, which is the movie four. And then I have F9 as my least favorite. Me too. I don't know where I would put this one. Ooh, it, it would probably be in my top five. It probably, well, maybe number six. It could be in my top three. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and I know that sounds bombastic to say, but it 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 could be. That seems crazy, but and there's one big reason why. Is it Jason Momoa? Yes. I was gonna say we're gonna talk about these new characters if we loves or hates them. We should start with Momoa because he is. Easily the highlight of this movie. He plays Dante Reyes, who is the son of the bad guy in Fast Five, a character that I couldn't name. I I can visualize him, but honestly, at the end of the day, all these villains in these Fast and the Furious movies, I couldn't tell you what their names are. Yeah. Dante Reyes, Jason Momoa, I'm going to remember that. This guy is bonkers. He's bonkers. He's flamboyant and fun. I think they take the character in directions that I was honestly a little surprised by because you mentioned to me, you said there's a scene in here that you don't know if you love it or hate it. And I'm wondering, is it the one where he's painting his fingernails? He's got the dead guys around him, the cocktail party. Yeah. That's it. It almost seems out of place with how gruesome it is, but... It is. It is. It's, I kind of love it. It's it's one of those that... I mean, it starts out, and the lady next to me and I, we were both laughing. It's funny, but also truly sadistic, and I'm like, this guy is insane. Well, because it starts on him and the just the way that he is acting, and he's so giddy, and then he's, like, painting, you know, their nails, and it zooms out, and then you see... These, like, messed up, deformed bodyguards who he's still (laughs) referring to as Bob and Charlie or something like that. But then it's like the way he has their faces taped up. Oh, it's it's heinous. It's it's awful. And it's like, all right, I feel like that was like, that was one time it felt very mean-spirited. But it was like in a weird way that I keep hearing comparisons to Momoa and the Joker, like Heath Ledger's. And I was going to ask you if you felt... If you like the Joker vibes, if you felt it, I kind of did, but not really. Yeah, I agree with that because it's like the only time it felt Joker like was during that whenever he was like had their faces taped and all. Because I'm oh, that's like like you said, a little sadistic. But other than that, I kind of love it though. I think I do love it. And they said I saw a headline where they were like, we didn't know if this was going to stay in the movie, and they kept it in because you. It's a completely random scene. All it, it is. is is showing that this guy is off the rails. Right, yeah. And now that's like one of those that I love his, just like how 
when he's talking and how he goes about conducting himself and like the whole bomb scene in Rome and how he's like, as you said, it's like, oh, you want to blow up the Vatican? Man, all right, you're going to hell. He is like he's a child. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He's almost playing a a big twelve year old. A big boy. kid, yeah. And there's like enough with the character. He is yeah, you could say joker like, but I, I think he's more like a giddy kid who is just like he's been let out of the box. He's got this pinup energy and it's this weird, like he's seen this as like as he said, he just wants to create chaos. And I'm like, they could have went a little bit more, but Momoa chews the scenery so much. And he he is hands down one of the best new characters and the best villain we've ever received with this fast franchise. Hands down. Now this we'll get into how this ends on a cliffhanger, but a wise decision to keep him around. I'm hoping he's yeah. is he you think sticking around for the long haul? Is he gonna be in the next two movies? Man, if this I, I think it depends on the second weekend because even though this movie is done uh like decent business worldwide in the US, it's been like kind of I mean it's the second lowest next to the uh first like it's right above the first film, right? But then other than that, it's like the second lowest or something like that. And it's always been an overseas kind of franchise. Yeah. So if this movie makes a billion dollars, which, I mean, right now it's over like 360, something like that, which I'm assuming it will make a billion. Um, if it does, yeah, they're going to turn this into three, uh, a three-part, which that's where I'm like, all right, so we got triple X. Now we're going to get F triple X by the <laughs> end. That's the crossover. Yeah, no, Momo is amazing in this. I hope in the next one he is more physical in terms of maybe we can get a fight. That would be awesome. Like he's going to brawl with, um, we should say, by the way, we should have said this a long time ago, Spo- full spoilers yeah. for this movie, which I think we've ruined like nine things. But that's, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you listening to us? Um, we need a brawl between Momoa and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, yeah. I want to see a more physical Dante Reyes. And I also, if you watch anything on YouTube about Momoa doing his own stunts in terms of driving and driving the motorcycle, like he did, I, I, mad respect. Because you watch him, you're like, I can't believe they let a big name actor like Jason Momoa do any of that crap. Driving without a helmet. Speeding around. And there, he's like yeah. speeding through cars and like looking backwards as he's driving. He's doing things that Tom Cruise would do and we wouldn't bat an eye, but like I'm surprised they they let him do it. Yeah. And uh he did a good job, man. I liked I liked him in this. I I wondered if he would be too much. I think he is Momoa, but I think they go in a few different directions that make this character pretty interesting, even though like, why is he waiting five movies to get vengeance? Right, yeah. <laughs> I almost wish this wasn't connected to Fast Five in that, I don't know, everything's always connected. We have to have a reason for what's going on. But uh, it's it's kind of an easy way to be like, well, we'll just connect it to some douchebag in the fifth movie. <laughs> and honestly, that's where I'm, they never answered it. And that's the most annoying part of this character is like, all right, where has he been? He's been like... But they kind. Of, they kind of tease, though, that he's been plotting this thing for 
years. True. And we never really have a grasp of time in this franchise. Like, I don't know. I don't even know what year it is in this. There's technology in this thing that, like, doesn't exist in the real world. We've gradually, like, grown into the future. Yeah. (laughs) With some of the stuff that happens in these movies that are so unrealistic. And you're like, what? Like, what year is this? Yeah. I guess, it. I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't want to overthink too much, but... Do you want to move on to Brie Larson right now? Uh, another new character. She plays Tess, who is the daughter of Kurt Russell's Mr. Nobody. <laughs> because why not? She didn't do much for me in this movie, to be honest with you. When she got shot on the roof of Dante's car, I almost started clapping because... It's like, we need stakes. We just need to end up having characters. If they brought in her character and they killed off Richardson back-to-back, which obviously he's a bad guy, so they're not going to do that right away. And they didn't do that right away. But I was like, all right, well, we need to start knocking some of these characters out if we're going to raise the stakes. And I enjoy, I think Brie Larson is charming and in this role, I thought she was charming. I liked her, but I don't, at the same time, it's like, if you have someone who's, who is charming and it's just kind of like you said, kind of doing an, another iteration of Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, it's like, all right, well, let's, there wasn't like a lot of difference. You could tell, I think that she had fun with it. It seemed like she had fun with it. But it, like overall, I'm going to have to say hates for that character because it's like, Kurt Russell, I, I, I just love Kurt Russell. He's one of my favorite actors. And it's like, I'd much rather see Mr. Nobody, bring him back. Like, there is no real reason to is have... Is too busy to do this movie, or what's going on? I don't... I mean, so, it, and as they said, and they brought this up a couple of times, that he's out in the wind, quote-unquote, out in the wind. And then, I don't even remember what happens to him in... When was the last movie he was in? So, F9, at the very beginning, he sends a distress call. And you don't really know what's going on other than that he's like, sends this and you don't know where he is. You don't know what's happening. So I kind of like that in which they are setting up like what's going on, which I have a feeling maybe Momoa or Dante took him out. And then it's going to be revealed that that's what happened, which I'm okay with. And it's like, he's got him like kidnapped or something. Yeah. And it's like, how do you end up hitting the fast fam before you hit them, while well, you get take out Mr. Nobody, or you've got him like held hostage or something. I hope he, and he's got to be alive, but it's like, I'd much rather have that Mr. Nobody rather than little, what was it, Richardson called her a little Miss Nobody or something. She's like, Tess. <laughs> and so. Um, <laughs> the dialogue in this is just insane. It's there's ridiculous. A, there's a joke, there's like two nuns running across the street. And- oh, yeah. Tej has a joke. I'm pretty sure it was him or Roman. It's just like none your business. And I, yep. I mean, it's so stupid. I don't know what else <laughs> to say. It's not even that funny. It's just so dumb. It's dumb. Uh, yeah, I wasn't huge on her. I mean, Dante's got to be involved with the Mr. Nobody thing because another new character is Alan Richson, who he he's the new leader of Mr. Nobody's agency, which... I know this agency plot's been going on for for several movies now, but I'm like, what? I don't even remember any of this agency nonsense. Yeah. 
the big twist, and this one caught me off guard, is he's working with Jason Momoa's character. Rich in rules. He's Jack Reacher. He's a beast of a man. I enjoy him a lot. His character is nothing super special, but I thought he was a badass, and I want to see him fight. I want to see him fight some of these characters, and hopefully that will happen in Fast 11. See, I, I wanted to see that too, but this is another character that I'm like, eh, not a big fan of. Um, did you did you see the twist coming? Because yes. honestly, really? Yeah, I was like, there's... Ah, man, uh, I'm going to plead just complete stupidity on that Yeah, one. because when they bring him in, I'm, I was like, now what would have caught me off guard is if Mr. Nobody... I was like, all right, Mr. Nobody's... Uh, daughter Brie Larson, Tess, either she's in on it or he's in on it because he makes yeah. a, a comment about like early on when they first meet Tess and him, he's like, you know, it seems like this fast fam, they get everyone on their side. I'm like, then they're going to flip the script. Oh yeah. And, and I, honestly, I, I didn't like not like it. I thought it was fine. I think that there are some very clunky things like whenever Scott Eastwood, is like shows up on the house at the house and he's like, Oh, well, where's the rest of the team? And then it's like, What do you mean? You assigned them in Rome. He's like, No, I didn't. They rush there and then Scott Eastwood's like blown out or something. And then it just goes that the agency is like, They're on the run. But yet at the same time, how what? Like Scott Eastwood would have just said, I can vouch for them. Like they were set up. Like, yeah, that takes yeah. care of that plot hole. And so Other then he's just disbanded, basically. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Clint Eastwood's a legend. We love that man. I don't know if Scott Eastwood's any good. I think I've it's taken me a few movies to be like, yeah, I don't. This guy's not a great actor. I mean, he's fine, but it's just like that whole plot hole and all that stuff. I'm like, he could more things, better things could end up happening. But that's where like Richardson is like. I mean, he seems cool, but I mean, he's got he's another agency guy that I'm like, he's expendable. Now, I guess the only other big addition is I I think I'm saying this right, Daniela Melshor, mm-hmm. who was in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. She was a delight in that movie. And this one, I mean, again, this movie these movies have an obsession with introducing characters that are connected to characters <laughs> that we know. Who are and part in of this the one, she's a street racer who happens to be the sister of Dom's former girlfriend and <laughs> mother of little B. Um, <laughs> I didn't see that one coming, and then it happened. I'm like, God, God. it makes, I guess, sense because yeah. everyone's got to be related to everyone. Yeah. I don't have a, she didn't, I don't have a loves or hates. She was just, she did, she was fine. We'll, we'll see her again, I assume. And I guess it's kind of a fun connection to Dom. Yeah. I, I was okay with it. Um, it was... Uh, She's in the street racing scene, by the way, which, again, I'm like, this feels like an older Fast movie. We're getting some actual street racing. So I thought that was cool. But yeah, I, and I also like that whole, like, who are you going to choose? Although she didn't mean anything to Dom. So it's like, that was interesting where Dante kind of put Dom in that situation. But, um, I mean, I, I thought she was fine. I like her as an actress, but the situation, the setup was a little weird. So it's like a half, half and half. Loves, hates. It's kind of, I'm, I'm very split on that. Um, especially when she's like, 
oh, my sister's got files that she kept on this guy. I'm like, what? <laughs> How? And why do you have them? Are you like in her old home or something? I don't understand that. She just wanted uh, to keep it. Now, um, you know, Dom- Dominic Toretto, he's got a little boy <laughs> named, named Brian or Little B. <laughs> I swear to you, in Fast 9, Brian, (laughs) little Brian's like an infant, and he's suddenly like eight years old in this movie, which I go back to, like, time does not exist in this franchise. (laughs) Little B is weirdly involved, I would say, heavily in the plot. He doesn't do a ton, but he is in this whole movie. He freaking murders guys um, with the cannon car. Oh, it's insane. And within the first, like, five minutes of this movie, Little B is learning to drive with his dad. It's it's a quick intro, but I somehow felt that was, like, like, the most unrealistic thing in this entire movie was that whole beginning with Little B. Yeah. I was rolling my eyes. It was awful. What did you think about Little B, though? Uh, Little B was fun, but the thing is, it's like, the, the kid, the poor kid's going to be traumatized because he's got his uncle Jacob... John Cena, who's high-fiving <laughs> him whenever it's like, oh, you just shot a cannon and blew up two cars and murdered. Killed 14 people, <laughs> and then he's letting him curse. The kid, I mean, I'll say this. I was like, oh, my gosh, this kid's going to be in this movie. The kid's actually a pretty decent actor. I he enjoyed the kid. He didn't throw me off. I. They just recently announced the writers for Fast 11. I, did they shoot stuff for that movie? Because this movie ends on a cliffhanger where Little B is involved in. He's in the scene. Yeah. So if they didn't shoot more stuff, that kid's going to look like a high school senior by the time this movie rolls out. I mean, honestly, this movie feels very much so like they kind of work day by day on it. Oh, like, I, I don't. Yeah. There's things in this where I'm like, I, I think they did this on the fly. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if Fast 11, we're going to get a time jump. And little B is older, and we've—I don't know how they're going to do it. How if they didn't yeah. record with this kid? What are they going to do? Because he's literally involved in the explosion, <laughs> and that's something that's been on my mind for like the last five days. I—I I, hopefully, I bet they did. What if little B just gets his brains blown out? I mean, how wild would that be? But there's no way there. Vin, there's no Vin is Vin is hanging the entire franchise, the future of the franchise, on Little B. I just don't. I don't know. If Vin can let go. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't. I don't think he can. I think he'll, he'll be like Grandpa Dom. You know, they'll <laughs> start it off with the new generation, and he'll be like Old Man Dom. Yeah. Somehow involved in the plot because he can't let go. One last ride. <laughs> One. Um, Loves hates though. Let's do some other things. The ending, ending the movie on a cliffhanger. Yay or nay? I loves it. Um, I mean, it's obviously like a setup, and that sucks. But um, it's know, different. Like we don't get movies like this anymore, where it just ends. Yeah. I like it. That I was, thought it was cool. Yeah, it was different. I'm I'm down for it. I wouldn't I wouldn't want that to happen all the time. But yeah, I love that. No, no. This is this will be a good part one and part two. Yeah. Um. Maybe part three. Yeah, and going right into part three. How about returning characters? Because Gal Gadot returns. She's back from the dead because literally no one on in the Fast family dies. It's impossible. <sighs> and then I, this was not ruined for me. It was ruined for you. But The Rock returns. I was blown away because last time we heard these him and The Rock and or The Rock and Vin were feuding and 
he was done with the franchise and now he's back. Um, I mean, good lord, the Fast Family is bloated already. Is Do we need time. to bring these two Jamokes back? <laughs> not, not Gal. Just Gal, she, uh, I don't care. About she freaking died. She died. Like, let her. The Rock didn't, and I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm cool that he's. Yeah. Back. Well, now, what about John Cena? Because he, he seems to sacrifice himself. He explodes in a car. Do you think he's actually dead? He's not, but he should. Once again, giving some weight to the situation. I wish he were, but no, he's coming back. He's for sure coming back. All right. So I mentioned the cast being bloated. Um, you know, because family means everything in this franchise and people don't die. But if you could kill off three main characters for good, like they're never coming back, who would you pick? And it's it got to be like the core. I guess you can include John Cena. We'll assume he's not dead because I got three people that come to mind. And sadly, they're all they're always intertwined. <laughs> I was going to say that I would probably hinge off of them. I would say... uh I would go with John Cena. I would go with, um, and considering that we're bringing Giselle back or Gal Gadot's character, I'm not going to include her because it's like, uh, we don't know, like, are they going to go something like she's the mom of Giselle or she's the sister or the daughter? I don't know. Some some wild thing like that. We don't know yet. So... I'm gonna hold on that. What if she's like a. What if she's a version of her from like the past, yeah. and they like somehow brought her forward? And that's like a time travel that Cyrus, Cyrus, right? Cy, uh, that's Charlie Theron's Cypher. 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 Uh, that's a character I could care. Ah, oh man, she sucks. Get rid of that character. She's awful. I like Charlie Theron a lot. I love her, and I'm okay because she brings something. It's a little like she mixes it up. Um, but I'll I'll say John Cena, kill off Jacob, kill off Tyrese Gibson, um, take him out of the equation, Roman, and then get rid of Han. Like there's oh, no reason. Oh, don't do yeah. Han. Don't do Han I, dirty like that. I, I, I liked Han, and then when he was brought back, I'm like, wow, that was a waste. And then yeah, they haven't done a ton with him. Yeah, there's a there's a scene in this the the Pete Davidson cameo where. Han eats like a a magic mushroom muffin or something, and he's kind of tripping out, and they never go back to that. I know. It was so strange. Isn't that strange? Why did they do weird. that? I don't know. That was one of the that's that's the kind of thing where it's like it feels like it's made on the fly and there's not. Yeah. There's like things that are just completely abandoned literally two and a half minutes after they're introduced. Yeah. I think if I was, I mean, honestly. The Roman Tej stuff, it's always the same garbage in every movie. <laughs> and it, it's become a tad tiresome. I'd almost kill those two. And even, I mean, I'd almost kill Ramsey. I just don't care yeah. about those characters. And we talk about one of the things I did like in this movie is we have this massive fast family and we break them up into different. It's all the main story, but they're broken up into different stories. And that. That those three, I was like, I don't care about this. I don't care about their story. Yeah, and even Letty's Letty's was kind of boring. She's off with yeah. Cipher, who just at this point in the franchise, I'm I'm over that character. I it's not a Charlize thing. It's just I think that character kind of sucks. It yeah, and I was I was waiting for her to die off early on and them get like revenge on her, but now it's like 
Wait, so she's worked to bring back Giselle? Like, what? We have, like, this weird medical... I, I think I've already mentioned this, the medical... She has, like, a stab wound that um, a robotic arm just, like, heals up. And I'm like, where did this come from? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what was used to, like, heal Gal Gadot's character. Like, who freaking Maybe. knows? Um, Louis Leterrier. Leter- Leterrier. He stepped in direct after Justin Lin bolted like a week into production on this movie loves hates on how he did actually he it went some bad um not bad i would imagine like 98 percent of this was just already pre-planned he just had to go in there and be an adult and try to wrangle the truth yeah and that's the thing like i feel like he's more of a babysitter to be honest and vin we gotta change vin's diaper (laughs) (laughs) yeah he needs his he needs his Corona soaked pacifier. <laughs> Man, uh, by the way, while watching this, I almost I'm like I I might order a Corona um, in the middle of this. Hell yeah, I w- I could have drank a twelve pack of Coronas watching this. Um, so it was just so funny whenever they had the family barbecue and they were all drinking Coronas, even little B, <laughs> and I was like, all right, <laughs> little B is like bottoms up. <laughs> uh, yeah, he did fine. I mean, it was just, it was, it felt like a Fast and Furious movie. It wasn't like, you know, I don't think it stylistically had some of the stuff that James Wan did. And Justin Lin had this down to his science. It's, it's crazy because there's an interview where he talked about why he left. And I mean, apparently he was like fighting with Vin, who allegedly was like, he like arrived out of shape to do the movie. He was, frequently late and then couldn't remember his lines or didn't remember his lines (laughs) and justin lynn was like there's some crazy quote where he's like this is not worth my mental health (laughs) i'm like god this poor guy and he had done a bunch of these it's not like he was coming in fresh coming in fresh and didn't know vin diesel that's strange that they would have that falling out i know james wan was mentioned as a replacement when this all happened but he was busy working on Aquaman. Mm-hmm. And then there's also something where he was like that Fast 7, Furious 7, like literally almost broke me because it was <laughs> so much, you know, so much goes into it. And that poor bastard almost, <laughs> he would have, I don't think he would have made it three three weeks into that thing. <laughs> three, probably three hours. And he's like, I can't. I can't. That. He's like, this is why I, I, I just, I can't do this again. Um, yeah, he did fine. He did okay. I don't know. It was, I like I said, I think most of this was completely planned. And he just had, I could have probably gone in there and said, all right, let's get this done. How, how, how much guilt tripping do you think Vin did with Jace, uh, with Juan saying, hey, do it for Pablo. Like, you got to do this. Oh, God. Like, how much do you think he did? Like, he did that with The Rock all the time. He's like... All right, what did he call him, Uncle Dwayne or something like that? <laughs> Which just seems so freaking offensive. It's just this condescending. Oh, man. <laughs> Uncle Dwayne. I think both of them. I don't know. I, I think in hindsight, looking at the way Dwayne Johnson handled Black Black Adam, I think he was maybe more trouble than Vin. We, we always yeah. thought it was Vin that was the a-hole. I actually think it was The Rock with his head deep in his own ass. <laughs> at, and I don't know. There's too much about The Rock that 
comes out where you're yeah. like, yeah, I think this guy might be a little pompous. You do you do have to wonder big time. Like maybe he ended up doing he was a lot more of the instigator than what we originally thought. Yeah. Or because he painted him out, he painted himself out to be like the the every the man's. Hero. Yeah. You know. And then I think they're both probably egomaniacs. <laughs> Anyone you know, then. I imagine this. He he said his he would love having Robert Downey Jr. be like the big bad in the final film. That's right. Matt Damon has been thrown out as like people have mentioned, oh, it'd be awesome if we got Matt Damon involved. Is there any big names? And I feel like we did this on our last Fast podcast, but anyone that you would love to see join the cast? Any big names? You know, I think... Having um, having uh, RDJ in there, that would be really cool. I I think that's that that he, seems... he would ask for like ninety million dollars. Oh, I know, movie, yeah. But you know that because this ballooned to like three hundred and fifty million, and I bet it's just because he was paying everyone like so much. Um, for something like this, it would be nice to see someone who's like a true gearhead or something like that where they love cars and um, weirdly like, enough. Like a Jay Leno type. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, what if they got Jay Leno? That would be <laughs> kind of fun. Boy, that guy like nearly got his face blown off recently, so I don't think he's going to be stepping anywhere near this set. Oh, my goodness. I totally forgot about that. He's like two-faced now. Actually, he looks fine, but. Yeah, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. would be fun. I want to see someone like Ben Affleck. Get Ben in there. Yeah. Make him a mania. Actually, Make him go that wild. would be a lot of fun to see him. And, uh, and well, now that I say that, I'm, like, bringing in the entire cast of Air because we could get Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Jason Bateman. God. What if they got Clint Eastwood <laughs> in there? Oh, He's like that would old, be fun. This old crotchety bad guy. I, I dig that. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to... The next villain, I mean, I don't even know what you do because Momoa just, I don't know what you do because he's physical, but we haven't really seen it yet. And he's just this mental case. Yeah. I don't know if you have a mastermind in charge of everything. Like, I don't even know what they're, what they're going to do. So yeah, the only I thing I could think of is like, if it's like AI or something like that, but oh, then, God. but then oh, it's, I then it's, that's so stupid that I feel like they would actually do that, and that sounds awful. Uh, yeah, and uh, well, and bringing in RDJ, I feel like that was like part of the what is it in Hobbs and Shaw that distorted voice that's like the big bad, and when it's never revealed. And, and we always thought, and it sounded like Ryan Reynolds. Like I was convinced, mm -hmm. and I think they even said originally it was going to be a that was the twist. Which speaking of, I bet you anything they'll bring in Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart into the fold with eleven and twelve because they make cameos in Hobbs and Shaw. So I bet they'll bring them. I, I've got money on it that they'll eventually bring them in somehow. I would say Reynolds. I don't think we see Kevin Hart again. That was a scene that lasted like 13 minutes, by the way. Oh, my goodness. It was I, like a 13-minute comedy gag that it, I really just wanted the plane to go down at that point. <laughs> I, I went back and rewatched just that. And I'm like, how long? How what? Why did they spend so long on this? It was, it was excruciating. Um... Now, Fast 11 was going to be the final movie. And then Little Vinny Boy recently announced that Universal was, like, begging them for one more. 
So this is going to be a trilogy. We have two more. So I love how hates. he's forcing their hand, basically. Oh, it's a, everyone's getting rich off this. So <laughs> Vin doesn't want to stop. Universal doesn't because it's like the only property they're making decent money on. Love's Hate's not ending with Fast 11. Are you, are you okay with two more? I mean, it depends on the story, I guess. I obviously this scene, this is a setup, but I know Michelle Rodriguez even made the comment after Vinny said what he did about like, oh well, the studio after seeing this, they were like, can you split this into two movies in addition, or you know, instead of just one extra movie? So Michelle Rodriguez is like, oh, that's a part of any trilogy, or that's a part of any story. You've got a beginning, middle, and end, and it's like. I don't want another movie that's just like all middle and it's all set up. Like, I don't, I, it would be nice if they've got good story. Like if they got good stories, then continue. But, and if, if they can make us have fun, fine. But if they're just like revving out and first gear, just end it. I mean, this was fun, but. I mean, we're getting, we're getting two, two more no matter what. And I think I'm okay with it because why not? Yeah, I mean, I, overall, like it's fine, I guess. I, I mean, I'm in my mind, I'm saying this is in the end. They're saying this is the end of the road. This is in. They, they're going to continue past these two movies somehow, some way. They will continue. They'll. I think they'll wrap this up, and then, yeah, they're going to find a way to spin this off, and we'll see people like Dom again. Like, there's no way Vin's not going to do this. Yeah. Well, that wraps this up. I had fun with this movie. I weirdly want to rewatch. I said I wouldn't do a rewatch of the franchise leading into this, and I haven't. But I kind of want to now. <laughs> or at least, you know, revisit the, the original. I mean, hell, I'll watch all, I'll watch all of them again. Except I think I'm going to do it. Fast 9? Yeah, you'll no, watch it. No, I think I, I got I to rewatch that. I got to yeah. at least watch it a second time. I thought, you know... A couple weeks ago, we went and saw this movie called Hypnotic, starring Ben <laughs> Affleck. And I was like, oh, that'd be perfect to pair with Fast X, because they're, they're both trash. <laughs> <laughs> but I ended up actually liking this quite a bit. I don't know what you thought about Hypnotic. Um, did you hate it? Because it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's bad. Like It's awful. Yeah, there's... And that's a... I, hmm... Because I had See, so many questions, and we talked about this on the May Picks pod, of why what attracted Ben Affleck and Robert Rodriguez to make this movie. And I, by the end of this movie, I, I don't have an answer. There's <laughs> no explanation for why they're in this. This is the kind of movie that if Ben Affleck's career had derailed, and he's not doing anything good, he's doing this to stay relevant in his like, direct-to-video. Yeah. This is that kind of movie. It's awful. This definitely is a directive. Like, uh, this is felt like a streaming movie. And more so, like, it just seemed cheaper than, like... I don't even know if it felt like a stream, like a Netflix-type movie, because I don't even think it felt like uh, that. It felt like, like bottom-barrel $5 DVD. Yeah, this, this was sadly, like, much more of a... Yeah, this was much more of a like a straight up direct to DVD. And I hate that. I really hate that because like I think Robert Rodriguez can he he can be a great filmmaker, but there are just certain moments where I'm like, oh wow, this is 
And he was talking about how it was like he was using cheap tricks and things like that, and it worked. I'm like, mm, mm. I don't really think so. Like, I mean, the movie, the budget was $65 million. I don't even know where that money went because it doesn't look good. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily look cheap in some of the CG. I just don't think it was necessarily shot very well. Yeah. The music is not good. It feels very cheap. Very. This is one of those things that... Within three to five minutes, like I was hyped for this because of Affleck, and I'm like, I'm interested, like, what turned them on to this project? Within five minutes, I was like, this is, you, you, it's like I knew that it was going to be bad and it would never recover because mm-hmm. it felt so cheap. Yeah, that's how I felt. And like, the beginning was interesting, but then whenever things start, when, when things start going, and it doesn't take long for it to derail. This was definitely one of those where I'm like, oh, man, like I'm ready for this to kind of wrap up. And and it rips from like so many different movies. It it feels like a bad Chris Nolan. It feels like a, yeah, it feels like the B movie to Inception, but not like, I'm a B movie guy. I love B movies, but not like this. It's just like rips from the visuals and like Doctor Strange ripped from Inception and yeah. now this is ripping from that. It weirdly too, I, I'm watching this going, this feels like freaking Stephen King's Firestarter. Oh, it, right. It, and I don't want to get into spoilers, but it it goes into a direction where I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, we've we've ripped from Stephen King. <laughs> Everything it every it creates or sets up this world that they explain it, and like every time they explain, it, I'm like, this is so stupid. Like it's just done through these dumb monologues. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad. It was a bad ninety minutes in. You know, I, I went by myself, but I told my wife when I got home, if I had paid for your ticket, I would have been mad. That's <laughs> how that's how awful it was. Yeah, and I couldn't stop leading up to the movie. I literally couldn't stop thinking about it. I'm like, I have to go see this movie. I'm like obsessed with it. And then, like I said, within five minutes, I'm like, oh man, I made a mistake. This is truly one of his worst movies. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I didn't think he was like per se bad. It was just very uninspired. He's not bad, but it's everything. All the material is just awful. But I just wondered if you had any joy yeah it. no that'll be a one and done and oh that's yeah that's the other thing i will never watch this again yeah it's like i've thought what i have recommended the thing is like there are so many moments where i'm like wait what like that isn't even <laughs> like the big cliff talk about a cliffhanger and here's a spoiler if you don't want to know about this then just mute it right now but Whenever it's revealed that his Ben Affleck's dad, right, um, who plays Lapidus and Lost, um, when his dad is not his dad and instead it's the bad guy, it's like, oh, oh, okay. Like, how did that happen? How did that, what? And I remember Robert Rodriguez saying that, People lost their minds when they showed it. <laughs> what? Uh, I guess like at a midnight screening, and that they were happened. probably all like drunk and couldn't follow <laughs> the movie. It was, it's so bad. Yeah. And I, I, the other thing too is like, again, spoiler territory. His daughter's missing, and his, his daughter like looks Hispanic. 
And his wife that we've seen so far is clearly a, a white woman. I'm like, where did the girl come from? And then we meet mm-hmm. this character who's like introducing us to this world of hypnotics. And I'm like, oh, that's his wife. And it's just everything is just so obvious. I don't know. I Yeah. It just feels like a college student trying really hard to do Chris Nolan and failing miserably. I don't nec- I don't necessarily love Robert Rodriguez, but this is like this is some bottom barrel trash. See, I, I'm okay with the fact that we've got um we've got Robert Rodriguez who said he basically turned this into a family project. And it's where he like he worked with all of his kids on this. And I think that's really mm-hmm. cool. That's that's awesome. But then at the same time, it's like it's so strange whenever you spend like was it like this cost 70 million dollars or something like that? Well, I mean, got to respect them for conning a studio into forking no over kidding. that money. Like, I'm just looking at his filmography from Dust Till Dawn is fine. His favorite, my favorite of his is probably The Faculty, honestly. Mm. And I do, I remember liking Planet Terror. But other than that, oh man, he's, that's a good He's one. like really. I used to love, I used to think he was dope back in high school, you know, when Desperado came out. And then Once Upon a Time in Mexico. But looking back, I'm like, I don't care about any of these movies. Now, he's did you ever see Alita? I still have not watched it. Um, I do find that fascinating. And once again, how did they spend $70 million when they used his, like, set, his sets, rather, um, from Alita? Because a lot of that is from Alita. And, I mean, I liked Alita. And at the time, whenever I went to go see that before, um, it wasn't, like, the only one. Um it was a date when, yeah, when went with my girlfriend on a date, and then that was where um, we both liked it. I enjoy. It's not like the best, but it's good. I don't. It's interesting because that was his team up with um, Jimmy C. James Cameron. Yeah, um, because that was James Cameron's idea. But what about now? What about Sin City? I. It's fine. I don't know. I don't know. Have had no desire to rewatch that. I never um, even saw the second one. I will say that Planet Terror is the movie that I prefer in that Grindhouse collection to Death Proof. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Death Proof is not good. Um, but other than that, like, um, it's... He, Rod, Rodriguez has a very interesting film collection. Uh, he's always been, like, the low-budget maestro, so to speak, where he's always worked with like a shoestring it's not even it's like a half shoestring budget but this is like wait what like i could see if this movie was made for for like 10 million dollars but 70 60 or 70 yeah all right well um yes that 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 may pop culture pick did not pan out but (laughs) i would imagine we're going to have some good stuff on the June one. There's a lot of stuff Ooh. coming out in June. That, then that's probably what we'll do next. Pumped for that. I am too. June's going to be a good month. It's good. It's tough. I've already started building my list, and it's going to be very tough to find what to whittle that down to because right now I'm well over the three. 
Yeah, I am too. And I do have some music beyond Ooh. beyond the Foo Fighters. So it's going to be, I don't know, we'll see what the, how we're going to narrow this down. But I mean, right now, I only have music. Oh, oh boy, that's hard. <laughs> All right, well, that's what we're going to do next. <laughs> Any final words, Ben? Um, all I can say is Dante Shantae. Oh, God. 